0: Thank you for standing by and welcome to the GoDaddy Q2 earnings conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I would now like to hand the conference over to Mark Grant, Vice President of Investor Relations. Please go ahead, sir.
1: Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for GoDaddy's second quarter 2020 earnings call. With me today are Aman Bhutani, Chief Executive Officer, Ray Winborn, Chief Financial Officer, and Andrew Loecky, Chief Operating Officer. Aman and Ray will share some prepared remarks, and then we'll open up the call for your questions. On today's call, we'll be referencing both GAAP and non-GAAP financial results and operating metrics, such as total bookings, unlevered free cash flow, normalized EBITDA, and net debt. A discussion of why we use non-GAAP financial measures and reconciliations of our non-GAAP financial measures to their GAAP equivalents may be found in the presentation posted to our Investor Relations website at investors.godaddy.net or on our Form 8-K filed with the SEC with today's earnings release. The matters we'll be discussing today include forward-looking statements, which include those related to our future financial results, new product introductions and innovations, our ability to integrate recent acquisitions and proposed acquisitions and achieve desired synergies, potential tax and cash flow implications of the settlement and related leverage considerations of our TRAs, the expected impact of a recent restructuring, as well as the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on our business, customers, and employees. These forward-looking statements are subject to risks and uncertainties that are discussed in detail in our documents filed with the SEC. Actual results may differ materially from those contained in the forward-looking statements. Any forward-looking statements that we make on this call are based on assumptions as of today, August 5, 2020 and we undertake no obligation to update these statements as a result of new information or future events, unless required by law.
2: With that, here's Amand. Thank you, Mark, and thank you all for joining us today. Since March, there has been a massive acceleration in the shift to digital for small businesses around the world. Again and again, we hear from customers how vital it is in this time of global economic uncertainty for them to have both a dedicated website for their business and the tools to help them reach their customers. We consider it a privilege to serve millions of everyday entrepreneurs worldwide as we strive to help them build their businesses and refashion the economics of their communities. As many companies benefit from the digital acceleration, I am excited that GoDaddy has continued to gain share. I want to start today by acknowledging GoDaddy team members. The level of activity in our business and our operations are at their highest and matched by the personal challenges all of us face in the current environment. In June, we announced a restructuring of our outbound sales team, and while it is always difficult to part ways with team members, we are grateful for the contribution over the years. Our team members are working hard, and have adapted quickly to address the rapidly changing landscape. The strong financial results for Q2 speak for themselves. We are pleased with the results, and more importantly, with our position to grow with our customers well into the future. We are seeing strength across many parts of our business, and I want to highlight three items in particular. First, GoDaddy surpassed the significant milestone of 20 million paying customers. In Q2, we added more than 400,000 customers, delivering the strongest quarter of net customer growth in our 20-year history, aside from when we acquired HEG. This was driven by favorable trends, including stable retention rates and record gross customer ads in the quarter. Both of these trends were impacted positively by the strong market demand coupled with investments in marketing. We will continue to invest in marketing for as long as the returns stay within our threshold. Second, we continue to create demonstrable value for existing and new customers by adding features and functionality to our products, such as marketing tools, video streaming, security options, and bulk purchase experiences. We also made it easier for our customers to use and experiment with our products. We added a freemium experience for websites plus marketing in Q1, and in Q2, we added Sellbright's e-commerce offering to the freemium lineup. Third, we took a set of decisive actions from a position of strength to further optimize our business for long-term growth and cash flow generation. As mentioned, in June, we restructured our U.S. outbound sales team as its sales motion had become unsustainable due to COVID-19. And today, we fully settled the TRA at an attractive return profile while preserving both our liquidity and our ability to further invest going forward. Lastly, we are happy to announce that we have closed on the acquisition of NewSTAR's registry business and we look forward to unlocking value through vertical integration in the domain space. Ray will provide more details on these topics in his remarks. Let's dig into customer growth and creating value for customers. Wow, second quarter of 2020, net new customers growing over 200% year over year, getting us to 20 million paying customers. Lots of fantastic twos and zeros in that sense. It demonstrates just how much GoDaddy has grown since becoming a public company five years ago. In fact, in those short five years, we added nearly 7 million customers. GoDaddy continues to attract new customers to the ecosystem at a rapid pace, and those customers are seeing real value. Our retention rates are consistently high and continually stable an ongoing testament to both the value and the criticality of our products and services to the small businesses we serve. We continue to be the global leader in the dream phase where customers name their ideas. In recent months, we brought together the greatest strength and capabilities of GoDaddy and the uni registry business, forming the GoDaddy Corporate Domains Team. We added best-in-class new functionality for bulk purchasers, and our sales teams signed their first deals together. We also continue to see strength in primary domain sales, domain add on and aftermarket transactions. How a business shows up online matters more now than ever before, and this is one of the reasons you continue to see our domain segment growing more than double the industry growth. While we love our outsides growth in the dream phase with its 5 billion TAM, we are most excited about how Websites Plus Marketing and Manage WordPress allow us to pursue the 175 billion TAM within the create and grow phases where everyday entrepreneurs build their ventures. Our customers want to do more with us, and we continue to invest in features and functionality that will let them accomplish this especially in marketing and commerce. In Q2, annualized recurring revenue in Websites Plus Marketing grew approximately 60% year over year. The commerce tier of our Websites Plus Marketing product accelerated even more quickly over the last few months, with net ads for our commerce tier growing 60% quarter over quarter and almost 90% year over year. In fact, 25% of new websites plus marketing subscribers are opting for the commerce tier at nearly double the historical adoption rate, making it a bigger part of our business. With our commerce tier of websites plus marketing for $25 per month, everyday entrepreneurs get a strong set of simple, easy to use tools to build their ventures online. Bundled with that is search engine optimization best-in-class platform integrations with unlimited posting and tools for selling, including free listings on Google, enhanced local delivery options, and one year of branded email. All of that backed with our award-winning guidance delivered 24 by 7 by our care guides, worth hundreds of dollars, all included. For our customers, beautiful, engaging content is at the heart of their marketing, the GoDaddy offering with over let them do just that. In June alone, more than 14 million pieces of content were created and exported. That doubled year over year. The pace of user growth also accelerated. That doubled quarter over quarter. With more than 1.7 million users engaging with over every month, we are very excited to get the full functionality embedded in Websites Plus Marketing. GoDaddy is the only company whose strength in create and grow transcends both Captive CMS and WordPress. As a global champion for WordPress and the largest WordPress host, we are excited to bring new capabilities to the WordPress ecosystem. Already, our efforts in improving ease of use for WordPress are showing strong results. There are nearly 8,000 teams Available in WordPress, and our Go theme has quickly risen into the top eight. We are proud to be part of the open source WordPress community, and the continued growth we see in Managed WordPress is great encouragement for us to continue to invest in the product. We also saw business applications growth reaccelerate to 18% year over year, and that goes back to the frequently changing circumstances in which our customers find themselves today. Many of our customers relied on in-person interactions or inbound phone calls to brick and mortar stores as the means for their customers to engage with them. With many of those storefronts closed, customers have been adopting branded email as an additional means to communicate with their customers. This is yet another way GoDaddy can help everyday entrepreneurs thrive while driving growth in our business as well. Our focus on adding customer value in a strong demand environment powered a strong second quarter and sets us up well for the rest of the year. We are poised for sustainable, profitable growth for the long term and continue to be confident in our ability to hit our 411 goal. $4 billion in revenue, $1.1 billion in unlevered free cash flow organically in 2022. With that, here's Rick.
3: Hey, thanks, Amon. I'll touch on the financial results for what was a great quarter for GoDaddy and then provide our outlook for Q3 in the full year. Q2 reflected better than expected results on every key metric from top to bottom as the business performed very well, setting us up for continued success for the remainder of the year and beyond. Amon mentioned customer growth, but we've also seen flat customer churn rates and resiliency in subscription renewals, proof points to the durability of the business model. Total revenue came in at eight hundred and six million, growing over ten percent on a constant currency basis with one hundred and forty basis points of currency headwind, and we're seeing the strength globally with U.S. and international both growing at a 10% clip in constant currency. Looking at product categories, we delivered 11% growth in domains on strength in new registrations, renewals, and aftermarket sales. Hosting and presence grew 4%. Inside that, we saw terrific growth in subscriptions of websites plus marketing, along with e-commerce solutions Amon talked about earlier. This line item also reflects the headwinds from our higher-priced GoDaddy social product which was disproportionately impacted by COVID-19. And finally, business applications growth deaccelerated to 18% year over year on higher demand for demand based email and productivity solutions. Total bookings grew to 936 million, rising 12% on a constant currency basis with roughly a point and a half of currency headwinds. The strength was broad based across products and geographies. We were well positioned to capture demand as businesses adapted their models, establishing an online presence in response to the COVID pandemic. And we've seen incredible response to our website's plus marketing offering as we introduced the freemium option early on in Q2. Gross margin was 64% in the quarter, down slightly sequentially, as we saw a mixed shift towards the domains and business application product lines. For modeling purposes, we anticipate the product mix and, in turn, the gross margin to look similar in the second half of the year we delivered approximately three points of operating leverage year over year, with GNA continuing to benefit from both scale and lower discretionary expenses. Leverage in G&A and care was slightly offset by the investment in marketing, and we started to ramp in the second quarter. The net sum resulted in normalized EBITDA of $162 million in Q2, or approximately two points of margin expansion over last year. Moving to cash flow, Unlevered free cash flow for the quarter was $186 million, growing 11% year-over-year, with unlevered free cash flow margin up about 30 points year-over-year. Trailing 12-month unlevered free cash flow was nearly $790 million, and margin topped 25%, illustrating both the size and scale of this business. Now I want to take a moment to discuss the specific financial impacts of the restructuring to our U.S. outbound sales team we announced at the end of June. We recorded a $39 million restructuring charge in Q2. None of those impacted that accepted other roles, 582 team members ultimately received the transition package with a combined dollar value of approximately 15 million. 10 million of which was recorded as a charge in Q2, while the remainder will hit in Q3. We also exited leased office space in Austin, and as a result recognized an impairment charge of approximately 29 million to our right-to-use assets. Actual cash outlays for the restructuring will be excluded from future presentations of our unlevered free cash flow metric. And you can see in the full-year guide we plan to reallocate these go-to-market savings to other marketing activities. Now, onto the balance sheet. We finished Q2 with $773 million in cash and total liquidity of nearly $1.4 billion. Net debt landed at $1.6 billion, or about two times net leverage on a trailing 12-month basis the low end of our targeted range, and we have no significant debt maturities until 2024. Earlier this week, we closed the previously announced acquisition of Newstar's registry business, our third completed acquisition this year. We look forward to welcoming Nikolai and team as we extend the value chain in the dream phase of the customer journey. We've completed the preliminary purchase accounting work, and due to the magnitude of the adjustment to the deferred revenue balance, we expect the rebranded GoDaddy registry to contribute minimal revenue in 2020. Our estimate of the contribution to unlevered free cash flow remains at less than 10 million for this year. As announced today, we reached an agreement to settle our TRAs, eliminating 1.8 billion in future cash payments for a one-time payment of 850 million. This is a terrific outcome for GoDaddy. We feel great about this transaction because one At current tax rates, the implied rate of return exceeds our borrowing cost by six percentage points. And two, we believe it's likely that tax rates will go up in the future, so the actual savings will be much greater, further enhancing our returns. We'll fund this transaction with a combination of cash on hand and new debt. Post-transaction, well, the net leverage of roughly three times, leaving us at the midpoint of our targeted leverage range with ample liquidity to fund the business, execute the strategy, and pursue our stated capital allocation priorities. The strength and resilience of our recurring business model has fueled a strong balance sheet, and when unique and attractive opportunities like the TRA arise, we have the flexibility to take advantage and create long-term value for our shareholders. Before I get to the outlook, I want to take a moment and reflect on the financial progress GoDaddy's made in the last five years since our IPO in Q2 of 2015. Quite simply, our focus has been creating customer value, sharing the economics of that value creation, and being good stewards of the business. The proof points are the outcomes. Since Q2 2015, we've increased customers by approximately 50%. We've increased revenue over 100% and we've increased unlevered free cash flow by more than 200%. Pretty impressive growth statistics. And we're well positioned for the next five years. We'll continue to be prudent allocators of capital in the pursuit of long-term growth and levered free cash flow per share. With that, let's turn to our outlook for Q3 in the full year. In the third quarter, we expect total revenue of approximately $835 or 10% growth year over year, For Q3, you should expect double-digit growth in domains, mid-single-digit growth in hosting and presence, and high-teens growth in business applications. Remember, those products that relied on the outbound calling motion, like GoDaddy Social, disproportionately impact the hosting and presence line. For the full year, we expect revenue growth of approximately 10%, with bookings growth outpacing revenue by about a point. On Unlever Free Cash Flow, we expect 2020 to land in a range of 815. $825 $825 million, as go-to-market savings from the restructuring are reinvested to drive long-term growth. As you can see in the Q2 numbers in the forward guidance, the current demand environment merits incremental investment, so you should expect us to delever in marketing and tech and dev in the back half of 2020. As a reminder, Q4 has a highly anomalous 27th pay period, without which our unlevered free cash flow guide would have been $18 million higher. In closing, we're playing offense as GoDaddy continues to gain share in an industry experiencing acceleration and an ongoing secular shift to online commerce. We are more confident than ever that our strong and predictable cash flow will allow us to take advantage of opportunities and create significant value for our customers, employees, communities, and shareholders for years to come. And now I'll turn it back to Amon before we open up the call for Q&A.
2: Thank you, Ray. It has been one year since my first GoDaddy earnings call. In that year, I have talked to many everyday entrepreneurs and fallen in love with their stories. I have seen an employee base that deeply cares about the mission of the company and has risen to unprecedented challenges. While there is still uncertainty ahead and no one has a crystal ball, I am inspired by the opportunity in front of us and our path forward is clear. Our focus on customer success drives our continued development of world-class products. That, in turn, empowers everyday entrepreneurs to sell and thrive online. We have an incredible brand that is only getting stronger. We have a resilient, recurring business model, and we will continue to be prudent stewards of the significant cash that GoDaddy generates pursuing growth organically and inorganically for years to come. GoDaddy is an amazing success story. We have a TAM of $180 billion and 20 million paying customers. And I feel like we're just getting started. Operator, let's open up the call for questions.
1: Operator, can we have the first question, please?
0: And again, if you would like to ask a question, please uh, go ahead and press star one. Our question comes from Deepak Massavinian. from Barclays. Please. please go ahead.
4: Great. Um, hey, guys. Thanks for taking the questions, and uh, congrats on a good quarter. Um, I wanted to ask about a couple of things. So first is, can you give us some color on the customer profile that you're seeing? The net adds are 400 k was very strong, and like you said, it's nearly three times last year, how much of that on the ramp is coming from domains, and uh, how much of that would you say, you know, you can attribute it to websites plus marketing, and then also some of the e-commerce products? And then, um, on the second question, the uh, the second question is on the hosting and presence. Obviously, you're seeing nice tailwinds on the e-commerce and also websites, but the overall growth is 4%. I know it's impacted by, you know, the social operating and then also the do-it-for-me me cleanup, but can you give some color on the size and growth of each bucket so we can think about, you know, the components inside this correctly? Thank
2: you. Thanks, Deepak. Uh, this is Aman. I can take the first part, and Rick can probably take the second. Um, you know, we're seeing customer growth across all the product categories. You know, we saw growth in domains. We, As, as you see, we saw growth in the biz apps. Um, and websites plus marketing uh, and managed WordPress continue to grow at a healthy rate. Right, so it's it's not really about one product or the other. We're seeing growth across all products, and it's a function of the demand environment, environment and the marketing spend and the value that our products bring to our customers on on sort of an everyday basis. We're excited about the acceleration, and uh, you know, the, the quarter continue to improve for us, and we're excited about that. Ray, do you want to take the question? The only thing I might
3: tack on to that, uh, Deepak, you may have heard Amon reference to it. We are super excited about the growth we're seeing in websites plus marketing. 60% growth year over year in ARR. Um, That that is a fantastic growth rate. And so you can see the adoption and more excited about even the mix of SKUs within that adoption. So we've seen a nice uptake in e-commerce SKU takes. Uh, That's it. I think 25% of of folks taking that SKU now. So uh, really excited about the progress we've seen there in that product. OK, right. if I can just follow up
4: on that, how much would you say the impact from the restructuring efforts is on the 3Q revenues? I mean, I know previously you quantified it for 2Q. Uh, how should we think about that for 3Q? Yeah,
3: if you think about 3Q in the rest of the year, um, you saw the the impact of the headwinds in the second quarter, it's baked into that guidance for the rest of the year as well. Got it. Okay. Thanks, guys.
0: Thank you. And our next question comes from Matthew Fow from William Blair. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hey,
5: guys. uh, Thanks for taking my questions. Uh, just wanted to hit on the uh, premium offers that you've been providing on the on the website's business. Maybe you can just discuss how you know those have been performing relative to your expectations, both in terms of of interest and conversion. And then what are your thoughts on using this strategy longer term, both for the existing products that you're offering it for or, or perhaps expanding it to additional ones? Thanks.
2: Yeah, thanks, Matt. Um, you know the premium offering. Is- is a quarter in, and we continue to be excited about how it's performing, both in terms of attracting registered users to come in and try the product and the conversion rates we're seeing. And so it's meeting our expectations and we continue to you know drive improvements, improvements in it. In terms of freemium as a model, we really feel that our customers, more and more people need to be able to use our product. So the premium model allows us to do that in a successful way. And one of the things you saw this quarter is that we added the premium offering for Sellbright, uh, which is a product that allows, you know, micro small businesses to connect to many of the large platforms out there and get their products out there. So it's really, you know, a model that we're using for more and more products. And one last thing to keep in mind is that, you know, when we talk about the 20 million customers, we're talking about paying customers that does not include freemium customers in that number.
6: And hey Matt, and hey Andrew, i just tack on one other thing. Ray mentioned we're leaning into marketing, uh, and obviously we've got the conviction to lean into marketing based on, on what we're seeing, uh, in their early returns. So.
2: Got it. Just one quick
5: follow. Good. Uh, based on the, the growth that you're seeing in the websites business, but what about, uh, you know, visibility into, into future quarters? Are you able to get any idea of Predict, in terms of predictability of what the conversion of some of those premium users will be and and how does that uh, perhaps help you uh, in terms of the visibility in your business thanks
2: yeah i think it's a bit too early <laughs> to be able to sort of set the quarterly cohorts up you know we're still like i said only a quarter in uh, but over the next few quarters we'll definitely have a clearer idea of how those cohorts perform you know early indications They continue to meet our expectations, so we're excited to continue to move forward on it. Great. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: And our next question comes from Ron Josie from JMP. Please go ahead. Your line is open.
5: Great. Thanks for taking the question. Aman, you started off the call just talking about the massive acceleration of digital, and we're seeing that in your subscriber growth, the numbers, freemium, the e-commerce adoption, et cetera. Just wanted to get your take on, on where do you think we are in the shift to digital, you know, and the importance of we just talked about the importance of freemium, but with 20 million subs and more freemium coming on, I just want to know, like, where, where do you – be curious your thoughts on where you think we are in, in overall adoption of this digital transformation and where GoDaddy is there. Thank you.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I do think that COVID-19 has pushed or, you know, a number of people past the point of inertia where they were not adopting digital. Another way to say that is pull forward the TAM. So, you know, because people have no choice but to go digital to support their businesses, we're seeing people experimenting with ideas. We're seeing people come online even though they had hesitated to do it in the past. You know, you look at that TAM of $180 billion and it's just, it's huge. You know, there's space for so many players there. And when I look at GoDaddy, I think we're really positioned well. You know, and when I talk in the script about I feel like we're on the start line, you know, I, I look back at GoDaddy and see a, a leader in the dream phase, doing so well in the create phase over the last two, three years. And now as we put more and more attention into the growth phase, customers want to do marketing tools with us. They want to do commerce with us. And we have good offerings for them. So the more we get our name out there related to those offerings, the more we improve those offerings, I expect GoDaddy to play a very significant role in that moving forward. Great. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And our next question comes from Nick Jones from City. Please go ahead. Your line is open.
5: Great. Thank you for uh, taking my questions. I guess just, just to first on, uh, you know, strategic acquisitions. I mean, how how do you feel about the pipeline today given kind of market multiples and and any kind of thoughts on how you view the environment? And then the second question would be on kind of customer acquisition and, and, uh, you know, increasing investment in advertising. Um, how, how do you feel about kind of the, you know, I guess the advertising window? Are CPMs lower today and you're able to be more aggressive? How long do you think that'll last? Um, from kind of where we stand today. Any color there would be helpful. Thanks.
2: Yeah, as you know, we've been quite active in the acquisition space over the last few months, just uh, talking about closing Newstar today and super excited about that. Um, You know, our pipeline continues to be healthy. And, uh, you know, of course, valuations are what they are, uh, but we continue to look for opportunities which can add value to our customers and become part of the GoDaddy ecosystem. And broadly speaking, you know, we're looking for opportunities where, uh, where customers get non-linear value, and our brand extends to being able to offer that value to customers. That's kind of the lens we're looking things at, and there's a there's a healthy pipeline. You know, in terms of uh, customer acquisition, our customer acquisition costs actually went down quarter over quarter, and year over year, and part of that is the CPMs, but a big part of that is just demand and intent from customers. So, you know, as we look forward, our commitment is that we'll continue to invest in marketing, looking at this demand, taking share within this demand, um, as long as it meets our thresholds. Great. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Our next question comes from Brent Phil from Jefferies. Please go ahead. Your line is open.
6: Amon, nice to see the business apps reaccelerate. I'm just curious – uh, we look at the opportunity set ahead. It seems pretty massive. How, how are you gaining better awareness, and where are you finding, you know, the, the best areas for, for adoption? And then for, for Ray, can you? M- many companies we all cover in tech have been commenting on how things look, uh, you know, in the in, in the month of July and August. I'm curious if you have any comments about how you exited uh, the quarter, and in in was there a a sugar-high tail-off, or are you still seeing, you know, the continued strength that you saw at the end of the 2 Thanks.
2: Yeah, on the business apps, the focus for the teams there is to continually improve, not just sort of awareness of that product when people come to our site or through our marketing channels, but really, really reduce the friction in terms of activation, the friction in terms of fulfillment, so that as a customer steps into that product, they're able to really get value very, very quickly. And some of those efforts that we've been making over the last few quarters have started to show value. Now, clearly, uh, part of the reacceleration here is the overall environment where customers are looking for avenues to contact their customers. And we've been telling them for years that if you use branded email, you're many multiples more likely to get the attention of your customers than a regular email address. And, you know, in a time like COVID where our micro businesses, small businesses are looking to reach their customers, they're sort of thinking about all the things that we've been telling them, and we, we think we see that acceleration coming in business apps through that. And I'll turn it to Ray for uh, sort of July and so on.
3: Yeah. Hey, Brent, so good chance. As we look through the quarter, uh, it was nice progression, uh, in, you know, continued increase right up through June. And I think if I recall back there, maybe it was Andrew that pointed it out on the last call, uh, saying that April, the April cohort was our strongest we have seen in 10 years. May was better. June was better. And then we saw no slowdown in the July cohort. That should give you some sense of what we're seeing in the business.
6: Always appreciate the color, Ray. Right. Thank you. um
3: Thank you. And our
0: next question comes from Lee from RBC. Your line is open.
7: And for Mark Mahaney. And congrats on a quarter. Uh, so uh, just uh, maybe piggybacking on the last answer, just given the accelerating um, trend you're seeing from, um, you know, in Q2 and into July, um, what assumptions are you baking into your uh, Q3 guide in terms of the, uh, the trend of new user growth and, 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 what kind of, kind of macro assumption are you baking into that? And I'm thinking that, um, you know, given your full year in Q3, are you assuming that, um, macro getting better in Q4 and therefore the, uh, the higher price pressure that you're seeing, um, that's in H&P right now will be more alleviated? Um,
3: just want to see if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, it's, it's Ray, I'll take that one. Um, you know, look, there's a lot of uncertainties at play right now. We're trying to call it like we see it, not not being overly aggressive or conservative in the guide. Uh, it just reflects what we know right now and our sense of trajectory. Uh, if you look at the guide we're giving, it does imply some acceleration from the pre-COVID Q1 number. Uh, keep in mind the back half of the year gets a little tougher on year over year comps. Uh, in the demand environment, you know, is honestly been great. Uh, Amon talked about, uh, some of the stats and metrics we're seeing, uh, but we don't have perfect insight into how long or what strength that's going to continue. Uh, we're always going to strive to strive to, uh, to do more, be better every day. Uh, but the guide is what we see happening, you know, plus or minus.
7: Great, thank you. And if I may uh, follow up on the Newstar acquisition, um, I, I know it's early days, but have you looked at maybe medium term, the size of the opportunity there, and um, how should we think about kind of the margin accretion potential from the New Star?
2: Yeah, I think we're just coming upon uh, closing in, we, you know, just a uh, couple of days in. So it's a bit too early to be talking about the medium term return on New Star. Suffice to say, you know, we're super excited about being able to vertically integrate within the domain space. It opens a lot of opportunity for us to create new offerings for customers to experiment at a pace and scale that we don't think the registry business has seen for many years. So, you know, that's the opportunity we're going after, and we'll be able to talk about it a lot more over the next quarter or so. Great. Thank you,
0: guys. Thank you. And our next question comes from Miguel Arunian from Wedbush Securities. Please go ahead. Your line is open.
8: Hey, good afternoon, guys. Um, I wanted to ask Ron's question maybe slightly differently um, and you know, how to think about the, the sort of pull forward and runway of, you know, increase increased need for uh, digital presence relative to the, you know, uh, 400,000, net new customers this quarter. Um, you know, as we look forward, is, is, is that a number that we should kind of continue to, to expect to be um, at that level? Are we at a new run rate for, for, for new customers for for the time being to, to tail back off a little bit? You know, is, is the mix of, of growth coming, um, you know, a little bit more from new customers or, or, or ARPU? Just kind of think about and frame that this discussion in terms of new customers going forward. And then the second question, um, when you guys announced the restructuring, we got uh, a lot of questions from investors um, around trying to understand exactly what the outbound sales team was versus the inbound sales team. So can you help just make sure uh, to clarify and uh, help investors understand what the outbound sales team was? Was it all related to uh, GoDaddy Social? And then at the same time, What are you seeing from the inbound sales team in terms of productivity as we're
6: continuing to work from home? Thank you.
2: Yes, if I caught sort of three parts of that question, the first around net customer growth, the second around revenue breakdown subscribers versus ARPU, and third around outbound sales, maybe I'll I'll get started and, um, you know, Andrew and Ray can jump in. Um, On the – net customer growth obviously we're super excited about the 400k number it's it's massive it's our best quarter ever um you know if you take out the heg acquisition and it's really it's really something that is a function of the demand environment we see and the work that that godaddy has been doing in terms of looking forward as you know you know we don't guide to um uh, net customer growth, but we do share uh, we we do share that data with you over time, especially on a milestone basis. and given that this was just such a big milestone, we felt that it would help sort of you see the things happening in the business. Um, in terms of the breakdown uh, of subscribers versus ARPU, you know I think we continue to see that healthy mix. Um, obviously, the subscriber growth was very large, but we continue to see that you know, I would say stable ARPU growth. Uh, that this business has demonstrated for many years. So that that's, together, that's been really good. Um, in terms of out, the outbound sales uh, motion, as, as we discussed, you know, our outbound sales uh, is, is a very particular motion. It, it was honed over the years, and COVID-19 did impact it significantly. Uh, but I'll turn it over to Andrew to share a bit more detail on it. Yes.
6: Our, our outbound sales team was a small portion uh, uh, of the overall care uh, of our overall care operations are we, we have a history as, uh, as you all know, uh, of uniquely selling, uh, whether in an inbound motion or in an outbound motion. Um, that outbound motion is a discretionary one, right? The inbound one, we take a customer's call. We have an obligation to answer, uh, answer the phone when they call us on the outbound side. That's a discretionary thing. And. As we looked at the productivity challenges uh, that we were facing and what we expected ahead, uh, it makes sense. It made sense for us to stop that motion and reallocate that investment, as Ray mentioned, into uh, into other marketing activities. Uh, as we uh, and that outbound team, yes, they focused on social, but they focused on a range of other uh, higher-end uh, products and services. Uh, on the other side, uh, with respect to productivity. Um, we obviously took a hit there, as we've shared with you in the past. We've seen steady and continuous progress around improving it. Uh, we've embedded um, the, the, the level of productivity we expect to see uh, into the guide that Ray mentioned. And importantly, uh, we have seen consumer behavior change uh, as we've gone through COVID in terms of how they uh, choose to engage with care. Uh, increasingly, it's around asynchronous chat, other digital channels. Some of which we talked about in our investor day, but we're really seeing uh, those different modes of uh, of engagement come to the fore uh, in, in this current in this current environment. All right, thank you. That's very helpful.
0: Thank you. And our next question comes from Lloyd Walmsley from Deutsche Bank. Your line is open.
5: Uh, Great. Thanks for taking the questions. Um, First, you know, are there any any key product holes you guys would flag in websites plus marketing where if you kind of either add a product or improve, improve a part of it a lot, you feel like you can unlock meaningful, you know, new TAM or growth acceleration? And secondly, when you guys announced your deal with AWS, there was talk of kind of working together, maybe AWS selling some of GoDaddy services, wondering if there's been any movement on that side of the relationship. Is, is that something we should think about uh, for the future?
2: Uh, thanks. When we think about websites plus marketing and the opportunities, they're squarely in what we talked about, the growth phase for our customers. And two areas that we're investing in are marketing and commerce. Uh, To give you a flavor, you know, marketing includes content. Marketing includes messaging, right? And we did the over-acquisition, and we're bringing it into Websites Plus Marketing very, very quickly. So all of the great feature functionality uh, engagement that over has, all Websites Plus Marketing customers are going to have that this year very, very quickly, you know those marketing capabilities are really core to our micro businesses reaching their customers. And similarly, as we all know, commerce is a big part of it as well. And we have a great base offering in commerce. And the more our customers use us, you know, the more we're adding features and functionality for them in the commerce space as well. Um, in terms of AWS, you know, we've had some good milestones uh, in terms of progress in our relationship there, but overall it continues to be relatively small. Um, We think, you know, it's a great um, sort of example of of what GoDaddy can do for for a big partner, Uh, but in the revenues, you know, in the total size of our revenues, it's a a small item. Okay,
5: thank you.
0: Thank you. And our final question today comes from Navid Khan from SunTrust Robinson. Please go ahead. Your line is open.
4: Yeah, thank you. Uh, you've been renamed Truist uh, Securities, uh, so change of name. But uh, I had a couple of questions. Um, in your April update, you uh, guys had talked about some weakness in the domain aftermarket. Curious to know if that still persists. The results kind of indicate uh, it might have improved. And the other question I had was just around uh, the uh, your onboarding ramps for, for new customer acquisition. Uh, Is it fair to assume that with the addition of the premium offering and the uh, revamp and the the this marketing product, uh, it's becoming more meaningful um, as a source of uh, new customer acquisition versus uh, maybe just a year ago?
2: Yeah, Navi, thanks Uh, thanks for your question. You know, on the aftermarket, like we said, we're seeing – Great traction in primary, secondary, you know, domain sales. uh, Overall, that business uh, or that segment growing at 10% for us, as you know, growing much faster, faster than double of the industry. So we're super happy uh, with that. We did – we had in April talked about some weakness in that, and there are pockets of, uh, you know, different – uh, different experiences by by different countries that we're seeing. But overall, very happy with the result uh, in that segment overall. And in terms of uh, freemium and website plus marketing, you know, the 60% ARR number just stays it all, right? We, we continue to see healthy growth in that business on a unit basis, on a revenue basis, Um super excited about what it means for the future. And it's massive LTV, right? The, the website plus marketing customer drives, somewhere in the order of 10 to 25 times the LTV um, than a domain customer for us. So being in that space, being a big player in that space and gaining share in that space has been really good for us. Great. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And that concludes our questions today. I'll now turn the call back over to Aman Bhutani, CEO for closing remarks.
2: Thank you, and thank you all for joining on the call today. Uh, A big thanks to all GoDaddy team members all over the world for a great quarter, and look forward to talking to you next quarter.
0: And this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.